Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shepska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on! Get in! Hey, it's noon here in Bethesda, Maryland, and even in West Virginia, ladies and gentlemen. And this is news that you can use with your host, well, Ray, and the F&I goddess herself, Miss Kimberly Klein, and Mr. Electric Vehicle, Justin Fisher. Yeah. Hello. And, 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 tell, and let me tell you, when you talk to Justin, you do get a charge out of it. <laughs> you sure do. I just had to comb my hair down, you know? Oh, my God. The air. It was like, yeah. oh, my God. The static, the static electricity yes. surrounding us now has, has gone up substantially. Uh, well, what a great intro. Th- well, I don't know. It's, it's, it's the crap I come up with in the spur of the moment. What can uh, I tell we you? We love it. We love um, it. I, I know my son, God bless him, who actually came home from New York City last night. Oh, did he? he, he yeah, he, he decided that he was worn out and that he had spent, as he put it, all his social capital during the day. So he decided <laughs> to take a, a late train home. Um, he was thinking about being here today, and then and then he had uh, uh, well, he thought about it some more and decided not to. Um, but he is the one that came up with today's number one show topic, uh, which is that new car average transaction prices and maybe all prices are starting to come down a little bit. So with that in mind, you know what I'm about to do. What I'm are you about to do? Sh- are I'm you about to share it? my damn screen. Do it. Uh, <laughs> here we go. Um, for um, new vehicle average transaction prices. And by the way, this is, I'm not going to say our good friends at Cox Automotive because I don't know anybody at Cox Automotive. We don't know them. But from the folks at Cox Automotive, um, this this is some new information that just came out. New vehicle average transaction prices fall for the first time in five months after recently hitting record highs according to Kelly Blue Book. Now, mm-hmm. I, I, I want to break this down into three segments, if I can. Please. Um, because there's, there's the average um, that takes into account um, mass market brands, uh, luxury brands, and EV brands to get you the overall average. Then there's the mass market brands and uh, as a separate average, and the luxury brand and, and even EV brands, but I would say EV brands fall into luxury. Um, and, and that's, those are separate categories, but the overall, uh, the Kelly blue book, new vehicle average transaction price decreased to $48,094 in September, slightly lower than the previous high of uh, $48,240. September prices dipped a three-tenths of a point um, month over month from August. But in reality, they were up 6.1% or $2,775 year over year for the same time frame in September 2021. Now, I know 
that there are any number of people that are going to say that and they're going to go, oh, a whole $146 decrease. That's nothing. Hey, it's not a lot, but it's better than having the price go up for the sixth straight month, at least in my mind. Even if it starts small, it's got to start somewhere. Yeah, and I'm really, really glad, Ray, that my new glasses will be getting here soon so that I can actually see that (laughs) <laughs> that dip at the time at the t- I think there's a little dip at the top of that. It, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think uh, I it, see it it. it. it it is the tiniest dip in the history of dips. <laughs> but but you know it's not like sour cream and onion. But it is a dip, okay? <laughs> and that's the important thing. Yeah, is, is that is a it, decrease. Yep. Yes, is that we're finally seeing. Um, average transaction prices starting to drop. It's not a lot. It's a little bit. My suspicion is that when we get the similar information sometime in November for October, that we will see that the dip continued. Uh, that's just my suspicion. Um, let me let me read this. Interest rates and average monthly payments were up in September, which means affordability worsened, said Rebecca Ratajkowski, uh, the research manager of economic and industry insights for Cox Automotive. With prices still well above MSRP and incentives from automakers still low, sales in September continued to struggle, struggle as consumers weighed their vehicle buying options. Now, mm-hmm. we've been saying for months that there's an affordability issue. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. Can I share something about that? About the affordability issue, because I had a really great call yesterday with a gentleman named Clayton, who is in the process of buying a a dually diesel, a Ram dually diesel. And um, yeah, he's in the process right now. And he was kind enough to be open with me and say, look, I want to share this with you, Kimberly. I will tell you that I am fortunate enough to be able to make a healthy income. I've mm-hmm. never had to worry. When my wife and I go to the store, we just buy what we want, get what we need, never think twice. He said, this has been for years like this, but for the first time in our time together, we actually had to look at each other and say, honey, can we afford this? Now, I know not everyone's in Clayton's you know, position in life, but it was he was kind enough to share that with me. That someone who has been making a healthy income for a very long time, never really had concerns like this, actually said, geez, I, I think we need to think about this. Uh, yeah, it, it becomes an issue when those who have never had to think about it suddenly find themselves into, in a position where they have to try and justify it to themselves now. Um, and that at least in my mind, and Justin, I want to, I want to get your thought on yeah. this, at least in my mind, that shows that the chasm between those who can comfortably afford to do things and those who struggle to be able to afford to do things is only getting bigger. I'll tell you what's on my mind, and um, it's inflation right now. And I know someone in the chat was mentioning how prices might come down because recession is around the corner. That is what a lot of people seem to think right now, but 
just this morning, we've got data out showing that the consumer price index worsened in September, rising 0.4% to 8.2% inflation rate year over year, comparing September of last year to September of this year. And honestly, that's got me thinking about how something's got to give. Yeah. Um, affordability, not just of vehicles, but food, fuel, everything else in between. I heard that rent was up 25% since 2019. Yes. The national median. That is insane. It so is. it's getting harder just to live in America and something is going to have to give car prices may be one of the first things to get to give uh, at least more substantial drops. Uh, for those who see it as a discretionary purchase, not everyone sees it that way because a mm -hmm. lot of people need vehicles to get to work, get the kids to school, etc. Yeah. But that's where my mind's at right now. And then there's the EV data down towards the bottom of that Cox Automotive report. I'm going to pull it back up. Yeah, that's got me excited. But uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's a small part of a much bigger picture. Um, I mean, not everyone's thinking about EV prices in September. I mean, there are bigger things on people's minds, and I get that. But hey, we're starting with a 1.4% monthly decrease in EV prices. That's the first time, 1.8% down 1.8%. That's yes. the first time in many months that EV prices have declined. Um, I wonder why. I'll have to dig into that. But they're still up about 10% year over year. EVs are too expensive, and they're not going to be mainstream until that changes. Yeah. And, so like and as you can see, uh, Justin, uh, the average new EV transaction price was $65,291. That's more than I paid for mine. Yep. Um, and and that's, that's the part that, that to me is scary because they want to, you know, the, the, the concept, the idea is to, to make EVs affordable. But if the average transaction price is that high, that's not affordable. And and I want to I want to go back and and talk about the average prices for luxury cars because they declined slightly in August. Okay, um, but the thing that scared the hell out of me when I read this, yeah, luxury vehicle share remains historically high. Mm -hmm. It increased to 18% of total sales in September from 17.6% in August. Um, and obviously the high share of luxury sales is helping to pu uh, push the overall industry average transaction price higher. But if you look at that number, what that means, at least to my untrained eye, and, and as you know, I'm, I, I think I completed one or two semesters, maybe three semesters um, of uh, postgraduate uh, from high school, postgraduate education. Um, mm -hmm. and, and it just seems to me that, that that is another indicator that there is a bigger divide between the haves and have-nots mm -hmm. in this country. Those that have a, a, a boatload of money um, are still in a position to be able to buy cars, luxury cars, the mm -hmm. most expensive cars, while uh, an ever-growing segment of the population can't afford to buy a car. And that's why luxury sales are going up, at least mm -hmm. in my mind. Yep. 
Yep, that is definitely true. And we can't forget the role that interest rates play in this whole picture because uh, Robert in the chat saying interest rates are definitely getting out of control when you start to see dealers advertising 84-month financing. That's what they're advertising these days. I just checked, and according to MarketWatch, the average uh, interest rate across all credit profiles for a new car is about 4% right now. I remember when it was a lot lower than that just a few yes. months ago. And for used car buyers, the average interest rate across credit profiles is about 8.2%. So it's getting a lot more expensive to borrow money. So we can't forget that because that is not factored in on the average transaction price data. That is not a part of this picture that we're getting from Cox Automotive. Right, it's exactly. Still, it's still really expensive, even if prices decreased by what, 0.4%? Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and it, if we can talk about non-luxury vehicles yeah um mass market brands um the average price paid for a non-luxury vehicle in september was forty four thousand two hundred and fifteen dollars and that's much. down 256 dollars month over month um but but those are supposed to be the most affordable cars and mm -hmm. the average transaction price for the most affordable cars is over 44 grand and yeah i don't yeah. I, I that how's that how is that even affordable for most folks it's yeah. it's not and in 2005 when interest rates to what justin said 2005 and 2006 when interest rates were a tick higher they were maybe five six percent um we every day had 84 months, 96 months. Yes, those are coming back. We're seeing more and more of those. Um, not a good, that's not a good thing, people. That just means, okay, now the payment is better. Uh, it's not squeezing me as tight as it would on a 60-month loan uh, for the month whenever I have to pay rent and put food on the table. <laughs> but trust me, 84 and 96 months, that's not, not a good thing at all but we will see them here's my question to both of you with all of this i you know kind of screeching I, I feel like things are gonna they're getting tighter and tighter will we see incentives come back i sure hope so i sure hope so too and uh we keep track of incentives on the joinyaa.com yeah. blog i will share that with you guys in a bit but i pulled up just real quickly a graph showing the average interest rate on 60 month new car loans over the past eight years and wow that is fascinating look at just it puts it puts into picture where we're at right now because yes. i want to emphasize one more time the new car affordability or lack of affordability that we're talking about does not include interest rates so yeah yep. I'll, I'll put that away but still that's just fascinating to me and and it, i i want to say something about what kimberly mentioned the the 84 month, 96 month loan terms uh, coming back, making a greater inroads as to what people are signing up for. Most brands, okay, have a three year, 36,000 mile bumper to bumper warranty. Those are the mass market brands. Your luxury brands are typically four years, 50,000. And mm -hmm. some luxury brands like Genesis are five years, 60,000 yep. uh, on the bumper to bumper portion. My point being, if you have to finance it for seven 
or eight years in order to make it affordable, what you need to realize is that in most cases, for four or five of those years, you are going to have the added expense of anything that goes wrong with those vehicles because they are no longer covered under warranty. Yep. And if you can barely afford to make your monthly payment where you have to stretch the term out so far to make your monthly payment, how are you ever going to afford an issue that might come up that isn't covered under warranty? That's, yeah. for most people who don't think about it, that, to me, from someone in the industry, is the scariest thought of all. Yeah. Yep. And, and let, me, let me put a little something. Exactly, Ray. Exactly. So here's how all extended warranties are built. The price and your choice of term is based on the time and miles of the vehicle. It's just like people. The older we get, the riskier we get. So if you're going to get a loan for 84, 96 months and you don't know what's going to happen with the market, you might end up keeping it that long. Make sure you get an extended warranty on it because the price will be the cheapest at the point of purchase. As soon as you think about it, that's when the price is low. Yes. Excellent point, Ray. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I, I, I try to look at the longer term aspects of this. And I know that, you know, from having been on the retail side of things as long as I was, that many customers don't look at that. They just look strictly at what their monthly payment is. Yeah. And they don't they don't concern themselves with what might happen if there's ever an issue down the road. And literally, if you're signing up to, to finance a car for seven or eight years, trust me, folks, there are going to be issues down the road. And if I may take a moment to plug one of our companies, if you go to CarEdge.com, you can you can click on the type of car that you want and they will they will show you there are statistics there to show you what the average cost of maintaining that vehicle is and when you can expect uh, to have a, a year in which you're going to have a major expense associated with that vehicle. Um, and these are things people need to consider when they're looking at seven and eight year financing. Yep. They um, sure do. Yeah. It's just, I, I, and, and, and if people would consider it, they, they might, they just very well might have second thoughts about doing it. Um, oh, look at that. My son is actually watching and listening. Well, well, bless you, young man. <laughs> yes, just, he also he also told Justin, "Nice plug, Justin." I, I <laughs> nice just, plug. I just dug up some interesting data from IC Cars that relates to what you were just saying, and uh, it looks like on average, uh, Americans are keeping their cars for about eight years, and the average age of a vehicle on the road today is about twelve to thirteen years, and I expect that we're going to see that increasing quite a bit with the uh, eighty-four month loan terms right because oh, sure. you gotta get your money you gotta get your value somewhere right even if it's yeah. 84 months later 
Well, and, and even if you're like a lot of people where you go three years in and you say, oh, gee, I want to get a new car. Well, yeah. trust me, that's completely off the table if you're in a, a seven or an eight year loan. Three years in, you are so underwater on that loan. You are, as as we would refer to it in the industry, you are so buried Buried. um that (laughs) that you have you you have no hopes of seeing sunlight ever again so Um, buried yeah yeah and that's and that's another aspect that people don't think of when they agree to do seven and eight year financing um Mm -hmm. you're whether whether you intended to end up keeping that vehicle that amount of time you more than likely will be forced to keep that vehicle that amount of time. Yeah, so, you sure will. So my suggestion to those people is if you don't get an extended warranty and and many might not because they just don't feel like they can afford it or to have it added to their monthly payment, take some extra cash every month, put it into a separate vehicle repair account, emergency vehicle repair account, and start accumulating money in that account moving forward so that not if you have a major expense, when you have that major expense, you will be better prepared to be able to weather that storm. Yep. And that's that's one way that the consumer can kind of fight back against the rising interest rates that we generally don't like, because if you stuff money into a savings account for a future rainy day fund for your car, they're actually paying you more money now to keep your money in savings. Interest rates are going up in a good way for savings accounts. So just yes. keep that in mind, too. But I want to talk solutions, Ray and Kimberly. What can we do to help everyone out? Oh, my God. Solutions. I would love to know. Well, yeah, well, wait, so. wait, wait a second. I, <laughs> I had no idea. Does it say under under your title that you're a solutionist? Solutions manager, <laughs> yes. Promotion to solutions manager. manager. Yeah, oh so we've God. got uh, three resources I want to share with everyone because we've got about 500 people with us right now, and I want to show everyone how awesome. we can help. So okay. five car brands you can negotiate right now. Where did we get this data from? Well, at YAA, we have auto experts. We have Justice. We've got Kimberly. We've got Mario. We've got Ashley. We've got Jerry. Yeah, Phil. There, we have so many auto experts, can't even count them all. So, um. Five brands you can negotiate right now. I will drop a link to this down in the chat. This is based on what we're hearing from all of our members. These are the brands where softening is happening the most right now. Okay. And then Mm -hmm. in addition to that, if you're um, looking for incentives, especially when it comes to financing. Yes, I love this. We've got the best auto loan rates right now from manufacturer incentives. Now, Kimberly, Mm -hmm. you're the finance expert, so please correct me if I say anything uh, Mm -hmm. wrong here, but... This is uh, captive lending, right? So these are incentives put out there by the automakers. Right. Right. Yes. Captive. Mm-hmm. And now since there are so many, I went to every automaker's website and this can vary by region. So you might need to put in your zip code to see if things are a little bit different in your part of America. Yes. But we've got a table of contents so that you don't have to scroll through all 30 manufacturers. Okay. So I will also drop a link down there for you guys. And, and can I say something about that, Justin? I do. know the work that you put into this and it kind of just blows me away. I know that you didn't just go out to Google and grab that no. information off of, of other wrong. websites. Yeah. Right. Because <laughs> a lot of it's wrong. It's not keeping up. But you did the deep dive, went directly to the manufacturer to find out what's out there. So it's good, good stuff, people. So. 
go over yes. there and check it out. And we will keep this updated once November runs around here. And uh, one more to share if you're interested in leasing, which we didn't even get a chance to talk about today. I don't know if we have any new data on that. We've got the best new car lease deals this month updated just a week ago. And we will keep this updated as time goes on. So, um, yeah, trying to help you guys out Excellent. because I know we talk about a lot of doom and gloom, but hey, we're here to provide solutions as as the solutions manager. I, I uh, am I am it. so impressed that you are the 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 head solutionist here at uh, at <laughs> <Yes>. YAA. <laughs> I like that. Speaking of leases. Can I absolutely. just share something with you that Nissan's rolling out? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And and Ray, I know you commented on this as well. Ultra low mileage lease. Um, they're they're out there. They exist. Nissan's getting in on this as well. And what is ultra low, Ray? What would be an ultra low lease? <clears throat> well, <clears throat> ultra low uh, mileage leases uh, are typically for specialty cars. Um, uh, especially sports cars, things of that nature. And uh, the lowest ones that I've ever seen were the 5,000 mile year leases that are available uh, at BMW and Mini. Um, they typically start their lease programs at 5,000 miles a year, 7,500 miles a year, uh, 10,000, 12,000, 15,000. Um, personally, uh, my present car, I'm, I'm in a lease that, that um, I'm allowed 7,500 miles a year. And I am sitting here today telling you that the lease I probably should have signed up for was the 5,000 mile a year lease because I average about 350,000 mi 350 miles a month that uh -huh. I drive. That is not um, a lot, Ray. <laughs> it's it, it certain, you know, which, which often leads me to, to, to think to myself, why didn't I just save that money and Uber wherever the hell I wanted to go? <laughs> I, I wouldn't be paying insurance. I wouldn't. But but the point is that that you can get ultra low mileage leases. Now, Nissan has come up with what they're calling what signature flex leasing. Signature flex. Yeah. Uh, and and it's 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 a it's basically a 5000 mile a year lease. And you have the opportunity uh, to up the mileage if you find that you need it. Now, having said that, you can do that on all leases. Uh, yeah. You, know, you, could, you could sign up for a 12,000 mile year lease and realize, oh, my God, I'm more on pace to do 13,500 miles a year. And they will let you buy, uh, buy up extra mileage during the lease at a cheaper rate than mm -hmm. what they will charge you for those miles at the end of the lease. But Nissan is trying to do something like this for the mass market type of leasing. Uh, so Kimberly, if you want to go into a little more detail as to what they're doing, uh, well, I, I think yeah. our, our viewers would find it interesting. Yeah. And I want to ask our viewers a question specifically about what N Nissan is doing, but this is for their um, popular vehicles of the Rogue. And I think, what was the other one? Pathfinder. Pathfinder. Rogue, Pathfinder. Rogue Sport and Pathfinder. And I know, Ray, that in the past we've done some videos about how you can actually customize your lease. You don't have to get a 10, 12, or 15. You yes. can get, you know, you can customize your mileage. But NEMAC, 
or Nissan Motor Acceptance Corporation, the finance end, um, here's what they want to do. They want to find out every month. Let me find this. I want to read this to you. Um, they want to do some data gathering, you guys. They want to mm. do some data gathering. So, uh, Sounds innocent it, enough. It, it, yeah. So they but want the to jump into your odometer and <laughs> see what you're... Yeah, I know. I know. That's why I'm trying to find this. It's, uh... it's, they want to they gather the information weekly, your driving yes. habits weekly, and your then driving, share yes. that and then share that with you monthly. So the real question is, do you want them knowing that do you information? Want that? Uh, do you want that? Would you allow Nissan? Now, they do say that they ask you first mm -hmm. if you will allow them to gather this data from your odometer electronically somehow through the interwebs. But they say they're going to ask you first if you'll allow them to collect that data. Would you? Would would me personally? I, I you and I had a brief conversation. Prior we did. To the show. We did. Um, um, I don't know how many supermarkets you shop at, but every one of them uh, has a frequent shoppers uh, club or whatever it is. It's either based on your phone number or a little card that they give you, um, and and most people uh, subscribe to those um, so that. Uh, I remember I went into a grocery store one time in, in Arizona. It was Bash's. Eddie Basha is a, was a local icon in, in the Phoenix area, uh, locally owned. And they, they asked me if I had my Bash's card. And I said, first off, Eddie doesn't need to know what I buy every time <laughs> I come in here. And, and if the only way he's willing to give me a discount is if he knows that he should just give me the damn discount up front. Um, but in most cases at most supermarkets, they know exactly what we buy. Mm -hmm. um, I get an email from Google every month that tells me everywhere I've driven to or visited that month every city, every restaurant, whatever it is. So everything we do is already known in most cases. Now, the only way I would share that information with NEMAC is if they could tell me when I was driving to the supermarket what items I needed to pick up that day. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise no <laughs> they listen they want to deliver personalized monthly messages to you through an online portal telling you how many miles you've driven and uh -huh. how it lines up with your lease terms what about you justin are you okay if nemac called you and said hey justin we want to get into your odometer and check things out how do you feel about that would you let them collect that data I want to know more, and I agree with someone in the chat who said, well, they better offer me a pretty good discount on this That's uh, what flexible I say. lease. Yes. <laughs> yeah, Give but me a discount. I drive a lot, so how are they going to penalize me? Or rather, how are they going to monetize me? Because we know these automakers are looking to further monetize their consumers and make money off of us through subscriptions and whatnot. So mm -hmm. I can't help but wonder, how are, what are they going to pitch me next and how much is that going to cost? But uh, I, I do not feel like this is necessary. Yeah. I always appreciated Volkswagen for sending me those notices, snail mail, 
once every, I don't know, six weeks or so saying, hey, Kimberly, where are you at? Would you like to purchase? Are you in the need for more miles at a discounted rate? If so, call this number. And I did that a couple of times. I appreciated that. But do I want to go so far as this where they're watching me? No. I, I, I think certain things fall on the shoulders of the consumer. And one of those things is knowing what term on a lease you signed up for and for how many miles a year. And then it is up to you to keep track of where you're at. And <laughs> you can contact the lender to say, hey, I think I'm going to be over miles. Can I purchase some miles up front now? As opposed to having them keep track of it for you. Yeah. There are certain responsibilities that we all have as consumers. And one of those is, well, protecting yourself. You don't need uh, an industry source to, to protect you from yourself, at least in yeah. my mind. I agree. Yeah. It has been a great show. I, you know, I've heard so. that somewhere. Did anybody put that in the comments anywhere? And if you didn't, <laughs> damn it, do it now just like so we subscribe, can feel better. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we want to feel better yeah. about ourselves. But believe it or not, we have killed it more than a half an hour again today. Um, I can't believe it. I, I cannot either. And, and uh, on my son's behalf and on my behalf, I want to thank both Justin and the F&I goddess herself, Miss Kimberly Klein. Well, thank for, you. For, for taking time out of their day to help me put this nonsense together for everybody. Um, so thank you both. Um, I believe tomorrow... Uh, Zach will be back and Miss Kimberly Klein will be joining us again uh, because yep. it's Friday, which means it's Friday. time for Kimberly's Corner. Um, and that's that's Corner with a K, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> yeah, Kimberly, if you get to be F&I goddess, I get to be Evie wizard. Well, I well, think. Evie I don't know. Wizard, you're the solutionist. The sol Evie wizard solution. Solutionist. Yeah, I, I like love that. the solutionist yeah. thing. Yeah. We can give you a wizard cat, though, too. If you like. <laughs> yeah well, i like that thank you everybody for being here today we will be back here again tomorrow at noon eastern nine pacific with more news that you can use from yaa thanks everybody thank, thank you for spending you. time with you with us we'll see you back here tomorrow thanks bye guys you. join us again next time which is probably tomorrow to get the news you can use from yaa yaa is your trusted source for all things auto Thanks for listening. See you soon.